as in the previous episode i told about a book do epic shit there is a lot i want to share from the book so i'll be talking more on the books in the upcoming episodes you don't control what the world says about you you control what you say when the world says something about you this is the most beautiful line in the book the world is invariably going to talk about you this shouldn't be a surprise to you because people talk about everyone but if you start paying attention to those people you lose your main purpose the consequences of those conversation or what you get to decide you get to control them successful people never give any damn about what other people said they start to moving on their goals moving away towards their goals so they can achieve they can bring life to what they dreamt of because how you respond is how the world will treat you further on so in a way the way you respond to the world is the way you teach the world how to treat you so if other day people start to brag lots of comments on you remember the way you handle that situation is the way the world is going to handle you back the way the world is going to treat you back everyone welcome back to the next episode of Entrebine and i am your host PJ what's new on today's episode let's go into the story every single day when you walk in the street be at home have you ever noticed that we listen every single minute there are infinite number of sounds we hear we respond to sounds that are very loud or up to your hearable capacity and we never think about least sound when i talk slow i know you guys will never pay attention to me so what if there is a way to mute all other sounds and listen to only one precisely don't think too much i think that truly will be so good muting everything except the sound that i that you want to hear sounds card is one such that makes this miracle happen so let's have a guess sahil gupta I'm so overwhelmed to meet you today first of all and how are you doing today I'm doing great thanks for having me You know like I'm so much aren't to strike a tons of questions on you today so before starting I just want to give a quick intro about Sahil to the listeners so Sahil is a fine grain student in one of the Ivy League universities Cornell where he did his bachelor's and master's in electrical engineering For almost like 3.5 years he's an entrepreneurial lead and uh, currently he's the co-founder and a product lead at Soundskirt which is the world's first high performance microphone manufacturing company. So Salil it's been a four year journey in entrepreneurship like things based on entrepreneurship which means we listeners has a lot to learn from your path. Soundskirt here the impossible how did this impossible became possible? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um my my background's in uh uh electrical and computer engineering. I uh I, I was working over in New York's uh upstate New York and 
Um, while I was there, I actually got approached by this incubator based out of Montreal uh, called Tandem Lunch. And uh, they kind of have this program where they bring in um, folks, entrepreneurs and stuff to come join the incubator, scout different technologies that uh, are coming from universities um, that could be kind of compelling uh, to build kind of technology and, and consumer electronics. And so uh, me, I, I love uh, I love audio. I've been playing music my whole life. I'm a total geek. I love uh, deep technology and everything like that. And so I thought it'd be really cool to kind of bring those two parts of my life together. Um, spent quite a bit of time looking at different audio innovations coming from universities around the world, um, along with my co-founders that I, that I kind of met in the incubator. And eventually we came across this technology from a, a professor in upstate New York. Actually, coincidentally, uh, not too far from where I went to school. His name's Ron Miles. And um, he was kind of studying how insects hear sound and uh, kind of taking inspiration for that to, to make sort of new kinds of microphone designs. And when we read some of his initial results, uh, we, we thought it was the coolest thing. We went to visit him. The professor was really awesome. We had a great time in his lab. And um, uh, along with our incubator, they helped us kind of get a license for the technology, um, gave us a bit of funding. And that's kind of what kicked off Soundscript um, back in uh, 20, 2018, I guess. Yeah, so it's it's been a little bit since then. So you just started developing your product from how insects hear their sound as itself? Yeah, yeah. You know, so so like the whole idea is like um, right now in all your consumer devices, the microphones are, are omnidirectional, which basically means they're they're picking up sounds from every direction. And um, people, uh, the, the way that right now in, in consumer electronics, we try to kind of isolate someone's voice if we're on a video call like this and you want to block off all the surrounding noises, they use microphone arrays. So they, they basically take multiple microphones and they space them apart. And, and that's sort of how humans hear, right? We have two microphones, our ears, and it's, it's spaced far apart. And we kind of use differences between these microphones to kind of understand where sound is coming from. Um, but that works because we're like really big, right? Our ears are very spaced very far apart. We have a big head in between it. And then when you try to take that concept and you try to like shrink it down into something that could fit into your earbud or a phone or a, a mobile device, it doesn't really work so well. And so um, this professor was kind of always fascinated by how uh, nature hears. And actually, if you look at um, nature, like really small animals, particularly insects, uh, they don't have ears or, or traditional right. ears like we do. They actually use the hairs on their body. And so um, sound is just kind of air moving in a, in a specific direction. And so when that air kind of moves across their hair, the hair moves in the same direction uh, as the air. And then they can kind of understand where sound is coming from. So that was the basic concept is, hey, can we make a, a technology or a microphone that really moves with the air around it? Mm -hmm. And if you can, you can make a really good microphone. So you guys just incorporate the microphones into laptops or and any other devices? Like you guys have any other devices? Yeah, yeah. Um, so we kind of see this as just a, a, 
a platform technology. So, so any kind of device where you're picking up audio. So it would go into something like laptops. It could go into people are looking at like smart TVs and putting voice assistants in those. You could think about like smart speakers, sound bars, smart watches. We're looking at, uh, we're working with some folks on like webcams, conference phones. So anything really where you want to pick up audio and there might be noise um, around you that you want to filter out. That's kind of our bread and butter is isolating somebody's voice and, and cleaning up the audio. So as you said, uh, you know, breaking in the incubator and those things, what you actually did is you analyze the market gap, a huge why to bring your business to the people listening over it here. Market gap is nothing but a gap available for a business opportunity. How important do you think for any startup, you know, to do a groundwork on what is market gap and uh, can you explain to us about what exactly is market gap? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I guess to, to boil it down, at least the way I see it is, um, you know, when there's kind of a, a problem out there in the market that maybe uh, no technology, well, in our case, technology, but there's no solution that really kind of addresses it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think, I think sometimes it can go in the sense that there's a, there's a problem that needs to be solved or, or sometimes I feel like with technology, it's bringing out new features, right? So maybe, maybe the, the problem isn't always apparent. Um, but then, you know, when people see the kind of new features or the new performance that you can bring to a certain space, then they kind of realize that gap too, right? Like for us, I, I feel like sometimes audio is kind of an afterthought for people. Um, <laughs> one, of, one of the challenges is like, you're just so used to poor audio quality that you're just like, okay, this is this is how conference calls are supposed to sound, and this is how it's supposed to work. Um, but then when you actually kind of hear what it could be, then you kind of say, oh wait, like that's what it could sound like. I I, I can't go back, you know, to the old thing. I, I think of it the same way as like the the iPhones and and the cameras in here. Yeah. You know, I remember like when I got my iPhone four back in the day, I was like, holy shit, this is this is the coolest thing ever, right? The picture quality is great. Now I remember I, I dug up one of my old iPhones and I took a picture from it. And I was like, oh, it was like pretty bad picture quality back in the day, huh? And so, you know, I think um a, a lot of new technologies too, like they're just kind of pushing that that uh that that area or industry kind of further and further. Um, I, I think understanding your market is incredibly important, right? I think uh, when we first started Sanskrit, I mean, most of what I did was just reaching out to people in the industry, trying to educate myself about what they're doing, trying to understand what they're doing. Um, I feel like sometimes not everybody knows um, their problem, like they're experiencing a problem, but they don't always, they can't always pinpoint what it is, right? For us, like traditional microphone arrays, it's a it's a 20-year-old technology mm-hmm. Um, it's really ingrained. It's just kind of given, right? Like nobody, I, I think, thinks about, oh, how can I do this differently? Can I build directionality into it and things of that sort? So there's kind of like an education aspect of it too. But I think kind of doing the research, getting out there, talking to folks is is hugely important. Yeah, it's like, you know, when you start getting into a startup, you spend a lot of time on it, doing research and everything like how long, how time consuming do you think is that process of doing research, working on your prototype, building up something? How does it impact your personal life? Oh, well, you're probably talking to the wrong person because my, uh, my, my work and 
personal life balance is, is very poor. <laughs> I am, I'm, I'm somebody who kind of, I guess, gets obsessed into things once I, uh, once I start working on it. But, um, I mean, um, well, one thing that was really helpful for us is like the incubator that we, we came from, um, they had looked into this market and this kind of technology, uh, before I had even gotten there. So there was already like a lot of groundwork that I could kind of go off of and, um, it was easier to kind of just get running. Um, you know, it, it took some time. I mean, it, it probably took a good six, seven months or so. Um, just kind of looking at different technologies, like understanding things before we, so, so I joined in uh, summer of 2017. I think we had our first prototype like December of 2017. I it was right before CES that year. So, you know, it took us a good six months to kind of, get the hang of things and, and get something kind of mocked up. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it definitely, it definitely was a lot of hard work early on. Right. Is there a point in time where you lost hope? Like, okay, uh, I just don't want to concentrate on it. Just, you know, I'm going to keep this aside and focus on something else and just come back. Is there a point where you felt like, okay, I'm, I'm going to give up at this point. There's points where I've gotten down for sure. Um, you know, uh, whether it was like at one point, you know, there, there's certain, uh, well, I guess I feel like we have existential crises every, every few months when we start learning more and, and things like that. Um, but I wouldn't necessarily say there's a point where I wanted to give up. Like I've always had this misplaced sense of faith that, that things would work out. Um, I don't know, I guess, uh, I remember my, my uncle gave me a, a piece of advice back in the day or before I, you know, went into the whole startup thing. Um, it's kind of cliche, but I guess I, I took it for what it was. Um, he said, you know, when, uh, when things are going down, keep your head up because, you know, it'll go back up. But uh, when things are going up, also stay humble because it's going to go right back down. Right. Yep. And so I think I always try to keep that in mind. Like when I was kind of down in the mud, just like it's going to get better, right? It might not feel like it right now, but it's going to go back up. Um, and the opposite way too, right? When we're kind of high on all the the success and we have big milestones, like of course celebrate the 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 small victories and the small wins, but just remember that you know we're not in the clear yet. So, what was your biggest motivation when you fell down at times? What could be your biggest motivation? Um. So w one thing was just like the team around me, like having some co-founders really helped. Um, it's, it's nice when you're feeling shitty to have somebody else to feel shitty with, you know, you can kind of just, uh, you can vent and stuff. I'd say that really helped me. Um, and then just like wanting to do it. I don't know. I, I guess I'm just somebody who, um, I, I don't want that to be how the story, like I never wanted that to be how the story ends. Right. Um, yeah. it's, it's gotta have a different ending. So I think, um, kind of being around people who have that same shared ambition or, or, or goal um, definitely helps, right? You yeah. Step aside for a second, go out, have a beer, just relax, you know, and, and kind of talk it out and um, kind of come back the next day. So, you know, without analyzing a market, it's a dead stake for any company once it enters the league of getting into entrepreneurial background. So analyzing a market, it's nothing but you find your niche, you have your target audience, stakeholders, competitors. There are a lot of things analyzing a market is. 
So can you tell us what these terminologies are? Like we start from finding your niche. So how is it important? Like where should we start finding our niche? What would be good for us? Yeah. Um, so, you know, your niche, I guess, is kind of like, um, so, so you might have this vision, I guess, of, of bringing out a, a technology or a service. I mean, depending on the startup, that's going to kind of, I don't know, take, take over the world, be in everything, at, le- at least for us in the microphone space, you know, we want to be in every single consumer product, of course. Um, but, you know, as you develop tech, there's certain things that you're going to be better at and, and certain things you're not going to be as good at. And um, of course, you're going you're gonna to increase your performance and, and capabilities over time. But I think early on, it's just kind of identifying like what is, what is the one thing that you can do um, that, that nobody else can, right? And then trying to find sort of a, an application that sort of applies to that, right? Yeah. Um, you know, for example... Uh, we can make really, really small directional microphones. Um, There's solutions out there like that are much bigger, but we can make it really small. And and that's what we can do that nobody else can. And so finding kind of applications that may need really small miniature um, directional microphones, you know, that in a a sense could be a niche. Um, Yeah, it's really taking like your big market, I guess, and just kind of segmenting it down and, and focusing on something. And then I think pushing to develop a product for that, for that small segment. And then after that, once you get there, then letting it kind of grow and expand over time. So what, what about target audience? How do you think the customer market is important? Um, I, I guess to me, like target audience is just who exactly is going to buy your product um, and, and making sure you really zone in on who that is. Right. So, um, maybe to give a couple examples. So, you know, we're building a microphone, um, that might go into a laptop. And even though you use laptops and you'd be using our technology, I'm not selling my microphone or my product to you directly. I'd be selling it to the OEM, the the original equipment manufacturer. I'd be selling it to the the companies that buy a bunch of components and then kind of integrate them all together and then, um, create what is, you know, your laptop or your earbud or, or something like that. Or if you look in the automotive industry, a lot of uh, component manufacturers like us, you know, we wouldn't even necessarily all the time sell to the automotive company. They would have a supplier that would buy the microphone. They'd package it with a smaller sub-module. And that sub-module would then go to the automotive company who would integrate it into the car, right? So I think it's really just figuring out who exactly in the supply chain is is really going to buy your your product. So you're you guys are basically a business to business market. Yeah. Not a business to business. I mean business to consumer market. Yes, exactly. Okay. We are we are business to business. Great. So what about competitors? Well, for me, I think that's like one of the most important ones to um, really understand. I, I I spend sometimes I feel like I spend more of my time understanding our competitors than I do our own technology. Um, but, uh, you know, the competitors, just whoever you're competing against to win the slot into a product, right. Or at least in our, in our industry. Right. Um, and I think you always have competitors because they were doing what, you know, for us, like they're already doing audio capture. Maybe, maybe there's no other MEMS directional microphone. We're very unique in that aspect, but there's other types of microphones and, and that's the solution being used today. Right. So in a sense, uh, I think 
while you might have a unique approach to something, you always have an alternative solution and that alternative solution is your competitor. And it's just kind of understanding what that alternative solution is and, and why your solution is more compelling. Okay. So when we start a company or a business country back in like 2016 or something, as time goes on, the technology takes an adverse change. Like as you give gave an example on iPhone, the camera over that time and camera this time is completely different. So being a company, you should learn as time goes on. So what do you think a, a, a company or a CEO should learn as a time goes on? I think it's always important to be aware of like the trends for sure going on. You know, um, I think like I'll, I'll spend a lot of time reading news and audios, seeing what other companies are getting out there, even even if it's not directly our competitor or microphones, but it's some software company doing something in audio. Um, I'll, I'll try to understand what's going on in the space. Um, you know, to give you an example, uh, AI obviously has taken off, uh, in a variety of different industries, um, but definitely people are looking at a lot of like AI solutions for software and, and cleaning up audio and stuff like that. Um, people are developing all sorts of chips that allow you to put in AI, clean up voice and clean up speech and, and things of that sort. And so I think um, being aware of trends and, and understanding like how you can either leverage them or how you fit in is, is important. You know, for us, we, we saw AI kind of becoming widely adopted and we say, Hey, you know, let's start implementing some of our own AI. Let's, let's put some resources on it, see how we can kind of leverage that, whether it's through software partners or internal development. So um, I don't know if I'm answering your question, but I, I think it's definitely always important to be aware of kind of the trends in the industry. Got it. So we started with niche when we talked about market analysis uh, and for every company that exists in the market, they should have a unique value proposition where there should be some unique perspective of the company that stands out among others. So what do you think being a hardware company and being a microphone company, because we have tons of hardware company and a lot of microphone companies as well. So what makes you stand out from everybody? Yeah, um, it's, it's our performance, right? It's it's this directionality piece that that we talk about to folks. Um, all other microphones in the market in consumer electronics uh, are omnidirectional. They, they they don't have directionality, and because we have directionality, that means we can reduce a lot of background noise, uh, a lot of like reverb and and echo that can kind of make sounds. Uh, kind of muddy, like if you're far away from the microphone. So, so it's really improving the quality of the speech. Um, that's really our, our, our big unique value prop. And then um, if you look at how they do it today in industry is they use a lot of different microphones and we can use that. We can do the same thing with one or two microphones. So we can really reduce the amount of components. So it kind of has these secondary benefits of, you know, if you're reducing the components, that means you're consuming less power, less computation. Uh, it's easier to integrate into your devices. Um, but the big thing for us is really the performance. We always talk about that first. You know, how did you build a trust with your customer? Because you have to convince a business uh, it's as you're a B2B company, it's hard, you know, convincing a perfect business that we are good at this. How did you build the trust? Over uh, a lot of painstaking time. <laughs> um, you know, uh, 
at least in our business, like with a chip company, um, it, it, I think it takes time. Uh, you know, like some, some folks that we're talking to now and, and working to get designed in with, um, we've been talking to them for, for a couple years at least. Right. And I think, um, it starts off with like a nice demo or something to get them excited. And once they're excited, you know, it's them seeing that progression, uh, over time, uh, you know, a few kind of taking the next step and taking the next step. Like when we started, we didn't have a, a MEMS chip. We, we didn't actually, it was kind of a big shoebox size proof of concept. So it was a cool demo, but it would never actually fit into a product. So, you know, it's not like somebody could take that and implement it into their product, but then over time, you know, constantly following up with them saying, okay, you know, uh, the last three months have been good for us. We just had some new results or we shrunk this down even further and letting them kind of see the, the natural progression. Um, instead of just seeing kind of like a snapshot of, of, uh, of your company, I guess, kind of like seeing the motion picture. Right. Um, yeah. and as they can kind of see how things progress, they say, you know, um, they're, they're doing it right. Like I was skeptical at first or I was worried or they had all these challenges, but they, they seem to figure it out. And I think showing them that motion picture also like, um, helps give them confidence that you can solve future problems too. Right. It's like, well, look, I, I know we haven't figured out everything else yet, but look at what we've done in the last year. Look what we've done in the last two years and how much progress we've made. So hopefully that speaks to our ability to kind of tackle new problems that come up too. How did you get your first customer? How did you win over them? Like, you know, accepting the first time when you talk to someone, you know, they have to accept it. How was it when they accepted it? Um, you know, one, one thing I'll say is uh, we're, we're not into the market yet. Um, a, a lot of like the first three, three and a half years for us was just kind of developing the thing. It wasn't until about a year ago and still we actually had this thing built out. Um, but, but we are working with folks. We, we are getting designed into some products right now. Um, honestly, the biggest thing that did it for us was the demo. Just having a really compelling demo. I mean, we always do a side by side. We take a traditional tech, or if we're talking to customer, we'll buy a product that they have out in the market, and we'll just do an A to B comparison. Um, it's been sometimes challenging with the pandemic, but the one nice thing is, like through Zoom calls, we can often change the audio or the microphones we use for a video call. So we'll jump on a video call with someone. We'll call through uh, their kind of device, then we'll, we'll call through ours. And I think that's the thing that that speaks more than anything when you start demo, you know, giving demo to people around, you get a lot of feedback. Is there any feedback that developed you? It, it depends, right? Like, uh, for sure you get feedback and then you kind of take that in. Um, our, honestly, our first demo, uh, that we built that sounds great. We, we, I don't know, we got lucky or something. It was awesome. I mean, to this day, we still show that demo. P people just loved it. And I feel like it really helped us. Um, it's a bit gimmicky in a, in a sense. Um, it, it does show really cool performance. It's not necessarily um, grounded in a specific application. So what we do is we have two people talk to our microphone and, and we, we simultaneously transcribe what they're saying. And it's, it's a really tough thing to do because separating the speech of people talking over each other is one of the most challenging things to do, especially for things like AI. Mm -hmm. Um but it's not necessarily grounded in a specific use case or application or, or product per se. Um, so I think when we would talk to like investors or um, regular consumers and, and things like that, people would love the demo. Um, they, they'd lose their shit, honestly, when they, when they would see it. Um, even, even customers too. 
there'd be some more critical folks who would say, hey, okay, but like, where's the application to this, right? Um, and so I think with that, we've kind of started moving towards building more like application specific demos to really help somebody see, okay, this is my product. This is how it would look. Um, these are the actual features I can bring out into this, this specific product. Um, but that being said, honestly, to this day, we still do that first demo. It's just a lot smaller now. So my next question would be like, how did you push through your biggest business doubts? Oh, that's a, that's a big question. Um, our biggest business doubts. Um, the, the nature of what we did, it was like incredibly technical. Um, and it was like very early stage, right? So, um, we started off with this really big prototype. Actually, uh, you know, I said it was inspired by nature. Our first microphone was built out of a spider web. Actually, they, they found out that spider webs, spiders actually use their webs to hear sound and it has certain properties. Um, but we were talking about bringing that into like silicon, into something that could be mass manufactured at scale, shrunken down in size like tremendously. Um, it was quite a big endeavor. And so I'd say uh, the biggest doubt wasn't necessarily like, hey, uh, will people want a directional microphone? It's like, hey, can we actually build this thing? Because <laughs> um, we, we spent a lot, of, uh, a lot of time kind of banging our heads against the wall on that one. Um, and I guess it was like the, the way that we kind of pursued it was just finding the right people to, to help make it happen. Right. Like uh, we brought on, we brought on some folks um, that just had a ton of experience. Our, our CEO CTO had a ton of experience building out MEMS technologies and developing, you know, fabrication processes and, and scaling technology like this. And um, you know, that really helped us kind of, um, get to the next stage, I guess, kind of overcome those hurdles. And I think for us, it's like, you kind of take your biggest assumptions or, or biggest risks. And for us, a lot of those are technical and then just kind of work your way down. Okay. So, um, I got to miniaturize this. Let's go for it. Okay. I got to find a way to make this, um, manufacturable or work in a, in an actual foundry. Okay. Let's, let's go for it. And it's just, now I got to find the electronics to, to read this out. Let's go find the electronics. So it's just kind of going, down the list and, and knocking it off one by one, I guess. You know, we have been in pandemic for a very, very long time and it has, you know, made every industry upside down. You are a hardware company and how did this pandemic impacted a business being a hardware company? Yeah. So one, I, I feel very fortunate because we were lucky enough to raise our seed round right before the pandemic hit, probably uh, a month or two before it hit. So it was like, um, just by, by dumb luck, I guess. Um, so that definitely gave us a bit of runway to, um, to kind of ma make it through the, the, at least the early stages of the pandemic. Um, it was definitely, there's things that definitely slowed us down. Um, you know, we, as a hardware company, uh, we were doing all our for fabrication out of the university of Michigan, um, to get new prototypes and things like that. And, uh, the, the university fabs shut down for, for quite some time because of the pandemic. So we couldn't get in. So it really delayed us being able to get out prototypes. Um, certain components that we would want to buy had really long lead times. And so um, things definitely slowed down a bit. Um, but I guess, you know, we found ways, one, to kind of extend our runway a little bit and then just kind of to power through it. <laughs> 
thinking back actually to the early days of the pandemic, I remember at one point, you know, we couldn't, we, we had this like concept that we were trying to build out and, and fabricate. And um, we weren't able to fabricate it because we couldn't get into the fabs. And then I remember like we took a step back at one point too. And we just started rethinking, like, why are we building it this way? Like, we started questioning ourselves, like, why are we building it this way? Why aren't we doing it this way? Why aren't we doing it this way? And I, I remember, like, after that, we actually had a whole new design come out where we just, like, simplified a lot of things, right? Like, I, I think sometimes you get, like, so stuck into it and you're just going and going and going and going. And we finally took a step back and we said, hey, like, we're making this overly complicated. Like, let's kind of scrap that. Let's just try to simplify this and, and figure out a way to do something fast. So um, it, it slowed us down in some respects, but I, you know, in, in some ways it made us kind of really rethink some of the stuff we were doing. So maybe it was a blessing in disguise. Well, well, not 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 the pandemic, of course, but just the the opportunity to kind of step back for a second. So, what piece of advice you want to give entrepreneurs that are currently in the hardware industry? Um keep your head up <laughs> it's, it's it's definitely can get uh can definitely get tough uh for, for me i remember hearing all like the cliche things when i was first starting a a, a company and now i feel like i'm saying them again um but maybe because i actually like have experienced it now it's like finding a good team that that made the difference for everything you know um like i said before like when things we're down, just having people around you that could help bring you up. But then also it just makes it a lot more fun, right? Like if you can find a team that you get along with, like our team is friends. We, we hang out with each, you know, just yesterday after work, we went to go barbecue, um, you know, on, on one of our, our colleagues' rooftops and stuff like that. Like uh, it's, um, it just makes the grind a lot more fun when you have people there that you get along with and, and things like that. So um, start there, I think, like find people who are, who are there with you and then kind of go from there. So where do you think most startups fail, especially in hardware industry? Um, I don't know if it's where most startups fail, but I think one, one thing is like understanding uh, your competitive advantage. Um, like sometimes... I think sometimes it's easy to just build things that are cool. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm a culprit of that too. Um, you know, actually b before Sanskrit, you know, I was trying to see if we could spin off my, my, uh, my tech that I was working on during my master's research uh, into a startup. I, and I decided to give that up because of that reason. It just kind of was like a cool technology, but I wasn't really sure what the market was for it. And, and just like, you know, really understanding your competition and, and why you're different, what sets you apart and like being brutally honest with yourself. Like, Hey, is this really differentiated and unique or, or what? Right. Cause like hardware is tough too. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of investment. Um, so I think like figuring that out early on is, is kind of important. Um, you know, I think probably finding the right team could, could be another point. Uh, I, I don't know if failure is the right word, but like, you know, if you don't get the right people in place, I think that can make it a, a lot harder too. Um, and in, investment is tough too in the hardware space, right? I feel like uh, at least in the semiconductor space, you know, people aren't, there's, there's people are a little bit more skittish, right? It takes a lot of capital um, to come in. It, it takes a long time for the product to actually get into the market and get revenue. So 
um, there's a few different points I think that can be kind of challenging there. So, you know, as you walk through the story, you, you mentioned a lot of time that your prototype where you explained it was pretty much good. And I think you guys are good at storytelling because you had a video on your website explaining how exactly SoundSkirt work. Like I recommend every listeners to just go and watch it. I felt it was so much compelling that nobody has to go through the complete website to understand what SoundSkirt exactly is. But looking at the video, it was a perfect storytelling way to understand what exactly SoundSkirt is. I felt that's good. I just wanted to mention it over here. Uh, well, I appreciate that. Yeah, you know, and actually, uh, we're actually in the process of revamping the website. So uh, we have a lot of new demo videos and whatnot that we'll be posting so you can actually hear the performance. But um, uh, honestly, uh, if I like, now that I think about it, if I had one piece of advice, making a compelling demo is everything. Um, that solves all your problems, right? Like, you start talking about this idea and people start asking all these questions. Yeah, but can you do this? Can you do that? You, you show people a compelling demo and it's like, look, it works. You know, ask whatever questions you want, but, but it worked, right? You kept your, their attention in the beginning. Um, it helped us hire people showing them that demo. It helped us get customers. It helped us get investors. So I think at every aspect, just finding a way to, to really demo your technology is, is um, hugely important for a hardware company, at least. Yeah, I think so. So what is passion and what is failure according to you? <laughs> um, you know, I think uh, passion to me, it's it's just kind of wanting something. I don't know, um, getting excited about it. I think you can tell when people are passionate and the way they talk about something, you can tell they get excited. Um, for me, I uh, as much as I wish I... I didn't, um, I, I, I lose sleep over this stuff, right? Like I'm thinking about yeah. it when I go to sleep. Sometimes I find myself waking up at night sometimes cause I'm thinking about something around this. You didn't give it your all like, okay, let me give you an example. Um, before I joined Sanskrit and I was like trying to see if we could turn my kind of research from my, my university into a startup. I had spent, I had joined a couple incubators. I'd spent almost a year looking at it. Um, talking to folks, seeing if there could be something out there. And uh, I decided not to pursue it, right? So there's no startup in a sense that that was a failure, I guess. Um, but I didn't necessarily feel like it was a failure because I, I knew, right? Like I, I went into it not knowing if this was a good idea or if this could be done. And at the end, I felt satisfied leaving it, right? Because I felt like, hey, I gave it a try. I, uh, I, I went out, I talked to people. I, I, I had this question, what if I, I went to go answer that question and I found my answer and that's, Hey, this is, isn't a good idea. This isn't going to go anywhere. Um, and so I think like failure is like not, I, I hate the word failure. Um, it's not giving for me, it's not giving myself, um, that chance. Although, you know, it, it's also not for everybody. It's not like everybody wants to do a startup, but for me personally, it's not, not giving myself that chance to figure out that answer. Because I always wanted to find the true meaning of passion. So that's that's why I asked the question to you. <laughs> so it's it's a good question. It's it's one that makes you think, right? Well yeah. pe people always tell me that uh that oh hey, I can see your passion and stuff, I think because I, I start talking faster, I get a lot more excited and stuff like that, right? So I guess you can you can kind of read it on people sometimes. Yeah. But. So uh, uh Sahil, 
it was truly a great time meeting you i just learned a lot today especially on having a good team uh the basic thing on prototype a compelling storytelling moreover on market analysis a lot did the listeners learn to today so i thank you so much for being here on the show today and uh, what what would be your final piece of advice well um never ask yourself what if right like just just if you're if you're thinking about it go for it and and, and then you know and so really appreciate you having me here um you know for anybody listening to uh feel free to reach out you can you can go on my linkedin reach out to me i, I usually check that pretty often and always happy to connect with anybody whether it's uh there you have some questions or i can help out in any way i'm i'm always happy to the magical sentence for the day is keep your heads up if there is a hard time and be humble when you get that success because you never know what might happen my mom used to tell me these lines back in years when i get hurt because i couldn't be a person who i want to be so she just sits with me and she just gives me a lot of advice and one such important thing is this it it pushes me back to the days hard times are there to bring the best out of us you never know what those times will sculpt you it's there to mold you you know once they pass your life you became immune to it your hard time can be getting low marks getting to fail in your exam breaking up in a relationship you know couldn't be able to satisfy your parents expectation you couldn't get a job you couldn't know how to handle your family kids your wife divorce anything you should keep pushing towards the hard time you know at the end what you will learn is more valuable keep your heads up and walk through the path but remember never give up the path may be hard but the outcome is unexpected and when you reach the success you know when you get a very good relationship when you get a job when you when you be in such a high position where you just compel your mom and dad for being the best son or daughter never show off never hurt people around you you know just stay humble stay as the person you were during your hard time because those define who you are exactly thank you all for listening please do wait for the next episode you are going to get a lot and lot of information and as i say we are going to go frame by frame every single episode so if you guys have any questions any advice that you need regarding your company please feel free to email us and visit us to the website www.entrebine.com or email us at entrebine@gmail.com You're listening to Entrebine and I'm your host PJ. Mm-hmm.